When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws. And you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. Archive-free content includes... VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Prisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Tuesday, it's 3 o'clock, and you know what that means. Time for Shelly Live with your hostess with the mostess, Shelly from Cali on VOCNation.com. Hola, hola, hola. You are listening to Shelly Live here on VOC Nation. I am your hostess with the mostess, Shelly from Cali, and I'm pretty sure I already effed up my debut show because... <laughs> There's this whole thing where, you know, I have a switchboard. I'm very familiar with it from the first time that I had VOC Nation and my whole podcast that I've had with them before. But um, when I pushed the button to put the right uh, audio on, because I already messed that up as well, (laughs) Um, that's when 
I realized that I was not on mute. So I'm pretty sure you guys heard me taking hits from the bong and heard me talking to my camera over here because I am recording for ShellyTV.com, my Shelly TV watchers out there doing a little behind the scenes when I'm recording these episodes. And <laughs> so, oh, well, that's that's me in a nutshell. If I did mess it up already, yeah, sounds about right, you know. But it's good to be back here at VOC Nation. I did have Fun Time Radio here before. I had Martinez Girls Radio here before. Danielle was on the shows with me. But, you know, I just, long story as short as I can make it, I was just honestly praying one day a couple weeks ago. And I really felt that, like, the Lord put it on my heart. You need to go back to VOC Nation. Hope that doesn't offend any of you listening out there. But that's just the truth. That's how it went down. So I reached out to VOC Nation, and I said, hey, mind if I come back? They said, sure, buddy, come on back. So here I am. I hope you guys enjoy the shows that I have planned for the future. But for this one, it's going to be just kind of a, I don't know, it's a, how can I say it? I wanted to have this be a real fun, exciting, yay, here I am back but I do have some serious things that I also like to talk about today. Uh, some of the topics I'm going to be talking about today is um, a funny story about when I was in OVW, and it was before a show that we had, a house show at OVW, and I almost got into a real fist fight. So we'll be talking about that. And also I'm going to be talking about, you know, what a lot of people right now in the wrestling world are talking about, and that's Shad Gaspard. And I just wanted to share with everybody my relationship with him, my opinion of him, and who he really is in my life. And, you know, it's it's crazy. You just, like, never know, you know what I'm saying? And... Hmm going to be a rough one but that's what we'll leave that for the end so let's just like have a good time now I do notice that there is a chat room I'm not quite sure if you just uh oh no you know what that chat room something else never mind forget I said that scrap that but here we are on the OC Nation you could also give me a call I won't be taking calls just yet but if you want that number it is 657-383-1666 again that is 657-383-1666. I'll be taking some calls a little bit later in the show. And something that I did before when I had my other podcast here on VOC Nation is I had this thing called the five-minute shout-out. And the five-minute shout-out was when I would just take the last five minutes of the show and answer any calls that are on hold that I didn't get to during the show because I don't always take calls uh, during the show, but I take them at least on that five-minute shout-out. So, Give me a call. Don't be shy. And especially if you're somebody that used to tune in to my old podcast here on VOC Nation, hello, I would love to hear from you. And um, away we go. So, all right. Before we get into it, though, let me just tell you guys a little, like, my, my mind's a little frazzled right now because I don't know if you've seen on my Twitter feed, but about two weeks ago, my Instagram once again got hacked. This is the timeline of things that happened, okay? So I woke up in the morning. Before I went to bed that night, I had made a post. So I went to go look at that post to see, you know, 
if there's any comments or whatever, because I, I try to at least give people a heart when they leave a comment, you know what I mean? So I'm just trying to interact with my fans, waking up. So I go to it, fine, everything's fine. Then I go about my routine, my morning routine and the things that I do, and then I shared a couple of videos over at my secret society, shout out to my secret society. And then I go back to my Instagram to post, like, promoting something on my uh, secret society. And that's when my Instagram was, like, gave me the alert from Instagram. So it wasn't, like, a scam or anything like that. The first time I got hacked, it was. Like, I was totally at fault. Um, I'll just pause on the current story real quick, give you a little backstory on when I got hacked the first time. So I get, uh, you know, I guess you would say little collab deals with different companies and stuff like that where they send me products, I try them out, right? So this one company wanted to collab with me. So they wrote me and they wrote me a DM. They said, you know, click here. This is what you, you know, if you're interested. So I went to their Instagram I saw the, like, the outfits that were on there were super cute clothes. Like, oh, okay. Then I went to the website that they mentioned. Awesome. So to me, in my dumb brain, I thought it made sense that when they had this link that said this is where you sign up, it said, oh, log in your Instagram. I was thinking, oh, you log in your Instagram because it's tied in with Instagram. You know, there's different, oh, sometimes it's like, oh, sign up with Facebook or whatever. So I thought it was one of those type of things. <clears throat> so when I clicked on it, that's when uh, I got an email saying that my Instagram is not hacked, and if I wanted it back, I had to pay X amount of dollars. I can't remember at the top of my head what it was. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I am such an idiot. Like, why did I do that? So this time around, it was not the case. It was from Instagram. They wouldn't let me log into any of my accounts because I have a couple until, like, I figured out this situation. So I took all the steps where, you know, it texts you, and then, and here's the thing. The phone number that it showed, the recovery phone number, wasn't my phone number, but it was an L.A. number. So I copied it so that I could paste it, like, in my notes or something like that. But then when Instagram texted me, my phone automatically copied that code, and so I lost the number. Then they put in the code, and then Instagram said, okay, in 24 hours, we're going to get back to you. We'll see what's up after we review review your account. Everyone, that was two weeks ago Monday. And that's why on Instagram you saw, or excuse me, Twitter, I've been writing like, you know what, I'm just over this. I put so much time and effort into my Instagram, much like a lot of people do that make money online. You know, a lot of content creators, that's how we promote. It's like a little ad for what we're doing, right? Let me tell you something. Sometimes for me to do an aesthetically pleasing to the eye Instagram post promoting, whether it's my secret society, my OnlyFans, my blogger page, ShellyMartinez.net, whatever, it could take like 30 minutes because to create it in the way you need to, to market it in the right way. It's not just like, oh, this is a private page, here's my photos, whatever. It's like I use Instagram for my online content and my subscriptions that I have on my platforms. So I really took it serious, man, and I feel like 
all of that just got like washed away for whatever reason. We could sit here all day and try to figure it out, but it's not going to bring my Instagram back, right? So like, why bother? I'm not going to go down that route because it's just like, it's just going to drive me nuts that I spent all this time and energy and the worst part, everybody, the worst is that I had a dog for 15 years named Ethel Mertz. She passed away in March. <clears throat> Throughout the years, I have posted different photos and videos of her and her husband, Fred Mertz. And um, what I started to do when she was alive, like her last year of her life, is I, would, I made a little highlight, you know, the story highlights, and I made a highlight called the Mertzes. And so after she passed, sometimes I needed just to go watch those videos of her when she was, like, a little bit more full of life and not just, like, in her end years, and you can tell. So I got a lot of joy out of it, and now that's all gone. I mean, granted, I have a lot of footage. I do have, you know, I'm going to have to put together, like, a Ethel and Fred, like, folder, I guess. But it was just like, dude... More than anything, more than the pictures, more than my Secret Society teasers, more than my OnlyFans teasers, more than my YouTube teasers, what stung the most was losing that, dude. And then what stung second to that was my Instagram feed, to me, was like a timeline of different times in my life, right? And there's been a lot of times where maybe I'm going through something or I'm just trying to figure something out or whatever. And when I would go and look down my Instagram feed and see how far I've come or maybe when I was not in the best place and to like revisit that, it's been really healing to me. So that's gone. But the way I also look at it is everything does happen for a reason. I don't believe in coincidences. And I really do do feel that I was just meant to start over. And not only to start over, but just go about it differently. Not that I'm creating different kinds of content. That doesn't change. But when I'm creating and I'm taking time and effort, that's what's going to be going on ShellyMartinez.net. That's what's been even on Twitter. Or Twitter, I'll put it on Twitter. Um, you know, Shelly Secret Society or my OnlyFans. I rather just focus my energy on those things than something that literally can just be taken from me with no rhyme or reason, and there's just nothing I can do about it. No one will speak to me about it. But what I did do is I started to try to remember people's handles that I follow or if you just, like, don't type in their name and it just doesn't really pop up. So, like, well, this is kind of a good way to get rid of people who I follow that, like, is just taking up my timeline. And I don't mean that in a negative way. There's a lot of different, like, companies and a lot of fitness and food, different things. And I feel like... I've been distracted in the last couple months by kind of looking at my Instagram feed, even if I'm just like on the toilet. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, can I just not have my phone in my hand? And I used to not be that kind of a person. I mean, granted, I've been using social media and my phone to make a living for a really long time. But I'm not the type to where like if I lose my phone or if my phone 
breaks. It sucks, but I'm just like, whatever, dude. Like, it's a little break. I, I'm fine with it. It's not, the, it's not the end of the world to me. But lately, I don't know what it's been. I've just been, like, on it too much. And I was like, you know, hmm. So I kind of organize my accounts differently. Like, companies that I like, products I like, I'm just going to follow them on my Shelly Recommends Instagram. And that's just where I try different products. My old tagline is trying out products so you don't have to. Because, you know, I spent so much time and money on different things that, you know, just don't, damn it, you know what I mean? So I kind of take it into my own hands and my responsibility to whoever wants to know, hey, these are good, these aren't. So that's my Shelly recommend. And then photographers, I'm going to be following photographers on my Shelly Martinez pics, which is just for my modeling photos. So I'm going to do that. And then on my Shelly from Cali 4, because that's what it is now, so Shelly from Cali, as my main one, I'm literally only following people that I know, that I'm friends with, or that I've worked with and I really like them. So it's kind of like not only is it resetting the energy on my profiles, but I'm resetting how I'm just going into it, period. So anyways, I just wanted to share that with you guys. And the little chisme here is those, there's some people, okay? <laughs> there's some, and yeah, they sure do follow me. But they never really interact with me. They don't like my posts <clears throat> when I try to interact with them on their uh, Instagram or on Twitter, they really just don't interact with me. So a lot of times I'm like, well, why are you even following me? Like, it's weird. But then, like, there'll be that one time I post something, and then that's when they'll, they'll say something to me privately, which is fine. And it's like, oh, you do pay attention. That's so weird. So here's a little thing that works out for people out there who I rub wrong that maybe at one time really liked me or they thought they liked me. And then they realize, you know, I really don't like Shelly. You know what? Shelly really gets on my nerves or Shelly. There's just something about her. I just don't like her. Totally fine. Guess what? Those people now you are off the hook. You are off the hook because there is no more Shelly from Cali on Instagram. I try to reactivate it so I can just, like, start from scratch, but it won't let me. So there you have it, people. For those people out there that are weird to me, you throw me weirdo vibes, and the reason why you just don't unfollow me is because you feel like you're going to look like a jerk because I follow you. You are totally off the hook. Tunity and embrace it. And then just walk away and leave me alone because I don't need that energy, okay? <laughs> Anyways, so, um, oh, my gosh, let me, guys, let me tell you guys a little story that I just, I don't know why it popped into my head, but it just did um, over the weekend, really. And there was a time, you know, most of you know me, that I was in WWE. For those of, the, of you that aren't familiar with me, um, I was Ariel in ECW, or the revamped ECW, no pun intended. Uh, And I was the Ariel, the vampire vixen, and I was the manager to Kevin Thorne. And um, before before I was Ariel, 
I was down at OVW in Louisville, Kentucky, and that's where the one of the um, schools were for WWE's developmental. So when when I was there before I like was on the road or whatever, it's so funny. Like I've said this story a million times, but like you just never know. Maybe there's some people out there that haven't heard it before. But long story as short as I can make it. Uh, when I first got hired with WWE, they told me that I would be at OVW for not very long because I was going to become a vampire in this, like, stable of vampires. They were going to use Gangrel and do the whole, like, brood thing again. And it was going to be me, Kevin Seven, who turned into be Kevin Thorne, and uh, Jimmy Wang Yang. It was supposed to be us and then with Gangrel. So a lot of people don't realize this until I point it out. So don't get mad at me for saying this. It's just facts. You can go ahead and look on the internet, find it. Every year after WrestleMania, WWE slowly lets people go. And then there's like, I feel in the summertime or close to summertime, that they'll let like a bunch of people go at once. Right. From what I understand, it just has to do with numbers. Um, You know, it has to do with, their quarter coming up and the budget and who are we not really using? Who do we want to get rid of anyways? Blah, blah, blah. So that had happened shortly after I had gotten to OVW, which was in July of 2005. And I re- I'll never forget this. I don't know why this moment stands out to me like so, so much, but I remember going into the girls' locker room, and Mickey James was sitting on the floor. Now, at this point, I kind of knew Mickey, but not really. Like, her and I had been a part of this oh, this, this poorly, god-awful, put-together, independent women's company. Um, it was called um, WXW, I think. Yeah. And I loved my time there because of the girls and that's when I got to become friends with a lot of girls uh, in the wrestling business. And it was really cool for me because up until then I was primarily around guys all the time. The only other girl that was really consistent and always showed up at the school I went to was Melina. So it was really cool to like find all these women and just be like, yay, we want to be wrestlers. And we were all so excited about being wrestlers and like, you know, whatever we weren't too, too beat up yet. (laughs) So I'll never forget. Um, Mickey when she was in there because I had known her briefly through that but I think it was it was the December before I moved to Kentucky so December of 04 they sent me there with some of the girls from the diva search that ended up getting eliminated and some of those girls it was uh, Maria Michelle McCool shoot who else who else Oh, yeah, yeah, that's just a standing out. Too. Oh, and then I had, a, um, there was there was these girls, um, oh, man, I don't know if you'd know them, though. But anyways, so WWE sent me there when they had these girls that didn't make the cut um, for the Rediva search at the time down to OVW and another wrestler that was there was Angel Williams or Angelina Love. So... <clears throat> When I was there that time, that's when I got to know Mickey even a little bit more. You know what I mean? More than just like, oh, yeah, I know her face. Like, I had a conversation with her, whatever. And at that time, Melina had already been in OVW. So I already had, like, I guess you would say my my friend there. So it's like it was easier for me to kind of, like, get to know everyone, whatever. So by the time I got hired, 
it just like again stood out to me that Mickey was sitting on the floor, and I was like, "Oh, where's Kevin?" And she was like, "Oh, he got released with like with the sweeps." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then she was like, "Yeah." She started naming off people who got fired, and she goes, "Gangrel, Jimmy Wang Yang." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh! Like, what does that mean for me?" So it was so interesting that. The following year, I ended up becoming a vampire on the fake ECW, as we call it. (laughs) And uh, I ended up being a vampire any damn way. It was totally my calling. And I freaking love it to the max. And that's what people don't really realize when, you know, there's stories out there or people have their opinion of me that they say I'm very bitter and I'm very negative. And, you know, uh, maybe some people even say I'm not a team player and whatever. And that's fine. Everyone is totally totally entitled to their opinion like 1000% like it does not hurt my feelings like it's fine but it's funny to me because I got such a gift from like my experience there I mean yeah there's good and bad with everything right but to be able to play a character that for me was like not much playing like I just played it up you know what I'm saying and, I mean, I even got to pick my name. I mean, I didn't come up with Ariel, but they gave me a list. They're like, oh, what do you want your name to be? Because I wanted to be called Star because of Lost Boys, the vampire girl in there, Star. And then I thought it would be cool if I was Shelley Webster because of the crow. But those got, you know, they're like, no, here's the list. And when I saw Ariel, it stood out to me because, you know, being a SoCal gal, I am a total Disney princess. And it stood out to me because Ariel, the Little Mermaid. So that's why, that's how my name, like, came about, right? So it's, like, even to, like, my name, it's so cool that, like, i got to be a vampire. Um, no one ever told me what to wear. I just wore what I wanted and owned it, and they just let me do it. You know what I mean? Like, I never really got direction except, okay, there's a spot, and you need to, like, do this. Like, that's it. Everything was just like me just doing my damn thing. And there's a lot of talent that goes through WWE that do not get that at all. They are totally like, this is how you need to look. This is how you need to talk. This is how the focus of like what you do as a wrestler is this. And I didn't have to deal with that. And I think it's really cool. So for that misconception of me, that's fine if people still want to think that or whatever. But it's like, dude, how can I really be bitter? I was bitter about people hurting my damn feelings. I was bitter about people screwing me over. But, you know, bitter, like, as a whole, no, man. My feelings were just hurt, you know. You know, the feelings, we all got them. Even if you pretend you don't, we all got them. And then that's just what's up. All right. So. Now that you got a little backstory on that, let's fast forward. So before, or rewind. So before I became Ariel, you know, I was at OVW. Um, and I'm so sorry. I, miss, I messed up in my timeline. It was, I was at OVW for a year before I was Ariel. So went there in July 05. And then was in OVW until july 06 and then that's when i was ariel and then uh in between that that's when i was trying different things out and i was with beth phoenix and aaron yael stevens who ended up becoming damian sandow 
And we had a really cool thing. A lot of people thought that we were going to be brought up with those characters because it was really cool. We played, he was a heel. We played, um, like, I was the bad girl with the black hair. And she was, like, even though she was a heel, she was, like, the, you know, goody two-shoes of the two. And I remember when Beth pitched this to me because she was already a manager for Aaron at the time. She told me it was kind of like the Two-Face character from Batman. And that's when she had me. I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. And she goes, have you seen the movie? And then, you know, when it's like Drew Barrymore and who's the other girl, I forget. And I was like, yes, dude, yes. So I was totally on board. They tried this out. Like one of my most rememberable moments in wrestling was when Aaron wrestled Matt Hardy. And we were in Jamestown, New York. And to me, that was really, really special because – Jamestown, New York is where Lucille Ball was born, and on the show I Love Lucy, they do reference it a lot, and hello, I was talking about my dogs earlier, Fred and Ethel Mertz, a huge I Love Lucy fan, so to, for me to be able to have that moment when the crowd was booing us like so much, because we got so much heat, that my chest was like vibrating, and I couldn't believe it, and when Aaron, Beth, and I like huddled together when we we're outside of the ring and the crowd was just booing us. Um, I remember Aaron was like, do you guys feel that? And like, I almost wanted to cry. I was like, Oh my gosh, because something they always say in wrestling is what's your WrestleMania moment. And it doesn't mean necessarily that you've been in WrestleMania and this is the moment you're talking about. People would talk, use that as a phrase in the sense of WrestleMania is the big show of the year what's your WrestleMania moment? Make it like a WrestleMania moment. Make it rememberable. Make the fans feel. Make the fans connect. Um, And not only that, you connect with the fans. You feel. So that was my WrestleMania freaking moment. You know what I'm saying? And it's so crazy because you would think my WrestleMania moment would have been when I was somewhere, you know, with my aerial stuff. But especially because it was so easy for me. Um, You know, it I just rode that wave, you know what I'm saying? And you would think that's like somewhere in there, but it really, I was in WrestleMania. I was in a WrestleMania and still like, you know, no, it wasn't how it felt like in Jamestown, New York. So being that that moment happened, not only did we as a trio, but everyone else thought we were for sure going to get called up, but that just wasn't, what was supposed to happen. I was supposed to be a vampire. Beth was supposed to be the Glamazon and Aaron was supposed to be Damien Sandow. And we, it was almost like we had a taste of like what was to come. We just had to wait for individual journeys to like get back on that path because it was like a practice run. You know what I mean? And I think it's really cool because at that time I was super close with both Aaron and Beth and to be able to be with them on the road, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's a little scary because, you know, you're traveling and, like, I don't know. I've always had anxiety any dang way, even before I was a pot smoker or whatever. So, you know, it's just one of those things where, like, it was such a blessing, just like there was different blessings coming with, like, being aerial. So after they told us that that just wasn't going to happen and we were just, like, out on the road. Oh, no, you know what? I'm sorry. Beth and I at OVW, we turned on each other. So we had a little, like, uh, feud going on, you know, which was really cool because I was super comfortable with Beth Phoenix in the ring because I always knew that she was going to take care of me and she was going to make, like, the match awesome. And, you know, I don't know. Beth and I just really, we worked 
Beth and I worked well, not together, but in the ring together. And I love having the chemistry with people where you can make people, the audience, the fans believe that you're like super tight with them or they're your best friend or they're your man. But then like you could also like that make them equally believe because they're so invested oh, man, they got in a fight. They're mad at each other. And that's what happened in Louisville. People were like, ooh, Shelly and Beth, oh. And I loved it. It was so awesome. So we used to have a show at this church, St. Therese. And I remember I was in the car with Aaron, and we were going to the show. And there was this car of people. There was like five of them rolling deep. One chick, three dudes, and I can't tell you for the life of me what exactly happened, but I just remember they did something really unsafe. Oh, it's coming back to me. It's coming back to me. Okay, so Aaron pulled up to St. Therese, and it was a one-way street, so we were going to turn into St. Therese, but we were kind of like on the far right lane, so we had to go over the left lane to turn into St. Therese, right? So... We were doing that, and then these people were, like, driving unsafely and being jerks, and they, like, act like they were going to hit us, and then we're, like, laughing. And I got mad, and I think I was upset about something else, so that was just, like, my last straw. So I just remember, like, shouting out my window, and they stopped the car, and then Aaron was like, oh, no. And then they get out of the car, and then Aaron gets out of the car, and then I get out of the car, and I'm throwing my arms up all Chino style, and the girl comes out, and I'm getting ready to fight her, and we're arguing. Now, here's the beauty. I'll never forget this. Everyone at OVW, like the other wrestlers and stuff, they were inside St. Therese putting the ring together, right? So when they heard all this, I remember looking, and it almost looked like a gang. <laughs> and CM Punk was right in the middle of them, and then everyone was, like, behind them. And I remember feeling like, wow, that's really cool. Like, they're coming out here not to be, like, nosy or whatever, which I'm sure it's part of it, but, like, they looked like they were ready to throw it down, too. Like, I was like, damn, everyone's – we got each other's back. And it kind of egged me on more. I was like, yeah, whatever. And then Punk picked me up. And he put me in Aaron's car, locked the door, and then closed it. I know I could unlock it from the inside, but I'm just saying, like, he did lock the door and closed it. He was like, stay in there. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my, okay. So uh, the people ended up taking off when they saw, like, the other dudes coming out. And I could only imagine, because to me at that time, it's like, oh, yeah, being around these big old buff dudes all day long. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, that's our life, right? But to these punks that were thinking that they were just going to be all, like, stupid and act like little punks, here comes all these big wrestlers. (laughs) So that's my story of almost getting in a fight before OVW. And it's so crazy because I remember just feeling just, like, so much enraged. And even though I still work on it, I used to have a really, really, really bad temper. Bad. And that was around the time where I wouldn't say it was at its peak, but it was definitely before finding healing in my life. So 
I was just ready, dude. I wanted to fight. I wanted to get in a fist fight. And I remember that's just like where I was at that time in my life. Like I wanted to physically harm not just the girl, but the dudes that were there too. And it's just so interesting that that's just where I was, you know what I'm saying? And it's so interesting how like with my wrestling journey, I always like, I think the best I ever was in wrestling, there was two times. When I was in TNA, I found a lot of healing, so much so that I remember being with Danielle and we were like going somewhere. It was on an off day for me. I was home and she was just looking at me with like awe. And I was like, what? And she was like, different since you've moved back. But in a good way, I'm really happy. And at that time, I was really hurt because, you know, I got fired. Um, You know, something else that I said I was going to get into in this episode is my first true, true, true love was a wrestler, and I left him in Kentucky so I was dealing with that as well. And it was tough, you know. It was really tough. But to be honest with you, I know if this person ever hears this, they're probably going to think, that's weird, okay. But to be honest with you, somebody that was in my life, more so at the beginning of when I was at TNA, was Chris Saban. And his example of, like, his vibe and how his vibe was with me made me want to be more chill. It made me to want to not be so angry. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't, I've had a really cool conversation with Saban a couple years back because, like, I did something that wasn't too cool to him back in the day and we just talked about it. And it was really awesome that we got that chance to like, I got to tell him to his face, like how I felt about it and things like that. So, but I don't think I told him that part and I don't know. It's just crazy. It's just crazy how like you would think that when I was in WWE that I'm living my dream and it would have been the best. And it's not that, like, I'm blaming WWE for, like, me having a bad time. I mean, I chose to be there. I knew what came with it. And to be honest with you, I had way more good times versus bad times during WWE. It's just that those bad times, it really sucked, like how I got fired. Like, that really sucked. But it wasn't the end of the world. I moved on. And I don't know. I think people need to – people who are upset with me need to understand that, like, I'm openly saying right now, I had way more good times versus bad times during my time in WWE. And to be honest with you, the thing that stressed me out the most during my time in WWE was this guy that I, who was like my first love. Like I thought I had loved people before him, but it wasn't until I moved back to California, I realized that I really did. And to this day, like 
I wish him well. I want nothing but good things for him. But I'm not going to be buddy-buddy with him and all this. There's been times where he's been like, well, I don't understand, like, just saying hi. And it's like, no, dude, like, honestly, I can't, you know. Who you, who you are in my life, it's disrespectful to my relationship. I can't be all buddy-buddy with you and, like, be in a relationship. It's just not cool. And it's crazy because he's the one that taught me that back in the day, that, like, he wasn't cool with people being buddy-buddy with their exes. And it showed me that there's guys out there that they don't mind because people used to always be like, oh, who cares? We're just cool. And that's fine. Like, everyone to each their own. But I'm just the type of person where it's like, no, I learned the hard way. When I'm done with somebody, I'm done. Like, there's no reason for all this nonsense. Like, over it been there done that I'm good and I was that was something that really took a toll on me because we were on and off for like hmm I don't even know how long a good while and I just so badly wanted to be his girlfriend like in front of everybody you know what I'm saying like and it's crazy because we had a group of friends. I don't know if you heard my podcast with Ryback, but we had a group of friends and we'd all get together. We would just like, that was my little support group right there. I had two support groups. I had um, the support group I had that big time, or big time, that uh, Ryback and I uh, talked about. And then I had another group when I was in Kentucky. I ended up moving from an apartment to a house. And when I moved into that house, I was with a bunch of wrestlers, and that was my other support group. And both of them had different vibes. So it was really cool for me because I had these, like, two different groups, and they both brought out different things for me. So, damn it, with that guy, I was like, dude, like, it got to the point to where before everyone else in the group would leave, they'd be like, we know you guys hook up when we leave. Tell him. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So that just, like, really bothered me. And it made me feel like I wasn't good enough to, I guess you would say, acknowledge that, like, we this isn't just messing around. Like, there's deep, 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 deep feelings here. And uh, it really effed me out. I just remember I would, like, drive around and I would be playing Guns N' Roses and Patience would come on and I'd play it over and over, bawling my eyes out. I shouldn't have been thriving in that condition. Just a little patience. <laughs> Just crying. Walking the streets at night. <laughs> Just like a, a mess. This guy, man, he did a number on me. But, um, you know, it's crazy. Like, another thing that wrestling brought me and my journey with WWE is even though it didn't work out, there's just like so much I gained from that connection that like, I just, it's priceless. And I've said this before and I will continue to say this. The best thing to ever, 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 come from me getting signed with WWE is that when I moved to Kentucky with Fred Mertz, I needed to get him a wife. And that's where I bought Ethel. 
And if I didn't get hired with WWE and I didn't move to Kentucky, I would have never had Ethel. And my life wouldn't be complete. So I have a shot poured here. I meant to take it at the top of the show, but it's okay. Like I said, no coincidences. Um, This shot's for little Ethel and all the awesomeness she's brought into my life. And this shot is also to, you know what, I'm just going to say it. This is to WWE because they did sign me and they did relocate me to Kentucky and that enabled me to get hurt. And I cannot forget that. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, whatever, whatever, I got my opinions. It doesn't matter. That's a fact. They hired me. They relocated me to Louisville. I got Ethel. So before I take the shot, this is the first drink I'm having of the day. I hope this does not offend anyone. If it does, just mute this for a second. I do pray openly, and I like to say it out loud because I believe in energy and saying things out loud before I drink. So here we go. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth fruit from the ground and the tree. I just pray over my soul while I drink, and I pray over all my listeners that you bring us all positive vibes, love, and light. In your name, amen. To Ethel. So I will go more into my uh, first love as a wrestler in another day because there's a lot to talk about there. And I just really feel that maybe there's some female wrestlers that might be listening to this. Hey, even maybe some male wrestlers. And I really feel, feel that there's a lot that they can maybe take away from my story about that person. So um, we'll stay tuned for that. But something I definitely want to get into is Shad, Shad Gaspard. Another person I would have never met if I didn't move to Kentucky. When I got signed, he was there. And um, he, you know, I just remember when I think about Shad, I just remember he would just be smiling, he'd be laughing. He was like one of the guys. He's like a guy's guy, right? And when I was at OVW, ugh, I hate I hate this, but um, you know what? No, I'll tell the details another day. But when I got to OVW shortly after, not too long after being there, I ended up getting a boyfriend. Ugh, and not the one that was like the love, my first love. It was a different guy before him. And I was with that guy for about a year. And when we were together, you know, smartphones didn't exist. It was just like, I remember I had a flip phone. But, um, you know, I would send him pictures and stuff. Like, whatever. He's my boyfriend, even though, like, we lived in the same apartment building. You know, I still sent him photos or whatever, right? So um, one day I had my phone in the girls' locker room, and then when I came back to my phone, it was, like, moved, right? And I was like, what the hell? So then it got back to me that Shad went and got in my phone, got that photo, and showed everybody, and I was so mad at him. I was so mad. I just could not believe that he would do that. So, of course, I made a stink about it, 
he apologized and I remember looking him straight in his eyes and I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't think you're sorry. Like I don't accept your apology. And then from then on, my relationship with him was very up and down because I kind of, I just couldn't get over that he did that. But like, I kind of try to just chalk it up. Oh, he's being one of the guys. He's being one of the guys, like whatever. So fast forward to like a couple years ago, I did a seminar here in California and there was um, me, it was um, Shad, uh, Johnny Jeter, um, who am I missing? Johnny Jeter, John Morrison, and JTG. And I remember I was like, every time I looked at Shad, I just thought about that. And it was get, he was getting on my nerves because he was just nonstop with the jokes, laughing, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, dude, whatever. And he was like, you know what, Shelly, we used to be really cool. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, what? why don't you like me? And then I said, well, and then I told him that story. And he would go, oh, come on, I was just messing around. And I go, how would you feel if someone did that to your wife? And he got really quiet. And that smile went away from his face quick. And he looked at me with the most sincere look. And he said, you know what, Shelly, I never thought of it that way. I am so sorry. Like, I was just messing around. Like, I was being one of the boys. Like, I really didn't think of it that way because, honestly, I would – I'll never forget this. He goes, honestly, I would beat someone's ass. Because the way I broke it down to him was, look, this wasn't a photo that, like, I was just sending out to random guys. It was a photo that I sent just for my boyfriend at the time. That was meant for just his eyes to see. And when it just happened, he told me my phone alarm was going off, so he went to turn it off. And I was like, no, dude, that photo is, like, deep in my phone. Like, you went through my phone. And then that's when I was like, I don't believe you. I don't accept your apology, whatever. So after I saw this, like, such genuine, such a genuine remorseful face, I was just like, it's fine. Thank you so much for saying you're sorry. And then after that, every time I saw him, I was able to connect with that guy that was always smiling and laughing and cracking jokes because that's how I am. I love cracking jokes and making people laugh. And all the dudes that I was, like, super cool with, they were all buddies with him. And, like, I guess there was a part of me that was mad because, like, I felt so hurt that he did that to me. But I knew he was, like, a cool guy. And, like, because he was buddies with all the guys that, like, I was cool with, like, and there's a reason why I was cool with them, you know what I mean? And it's so crazy how, like, something that I'm sure he's forgotten about until I brought it up to him, like, you know, I guess it was, like, five or five years ago or so that I brought up to him. I guarantee you he didn't remember that until I said it. And so it's, like, crazy how you never know how you can affect others. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's so cool that I was put in a position to where not only did we have that conversation, but to be honest with you, he's the one that initiated it. You know what I'm saying? He's the one that was, like, 
why don't, why? Like, he, he was asking, how come? What's your problem? Like, you know, we used to be really cool. What happened? And the reason why I wanted to share that story is because that's, when that happened, that was after, uh, that was actually during a time where, like, I was really hurt from people in wrestling. It was when I was having thoughts of wanting to retire because I was so hurt over the different experiences. And this is after WWE. This has nothing to do with WWE. It's like the after. And when I went back into wrestling with so much passion and like, oh, I can make a living. I don't need WWE. And I did. But then after a while, there was people along the way that were just opportunists, wanted to ride my tailcoat, had their own agendas, just wanted to bang me, whatever. And it got to me because I was like, dude, no, no. So right when I was in that mode, that's when Shad and I had that conversation. And then after that, like we had another conversation that I'll never forget, and I'm keeping that private. And it was so eye-opening. And that's when he kind of gave me hope that, like, see, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to confront people and ask them what the problem is. Because he wasn't like, F you, Shelly, what's your problem? He was like, come on, Shelly, like, we used to be cool. What happened? And he so meant it. And so who Shad became to me was somebody who was proof to me that it's okay to say something. And it's okay to bring something up. Doesn't mean you got to fight about it. But it's okay. Especially if you're not coming from a place of malice. Like how he wasn't coming from a place of malice with his big old smile and just like, wanting us to be cool again because we were cool. We were really cool for a while there. You know what I mean? And then a couple years after that, um, if you guys remember, I had to cut my hair short because I'm stupid and I kept bleaching it because I just had to have blonde hair and I got super um, impatient and I had to start all over. So, again, wasn't feeling good about myself. And Danielle, my sister, and I, we got um, cast in this Adam Sandler film where they needed a big audience that, like, dressed in 90s clothes um, for a scene. And we went, we got booked. And then who's freaking in the ring? Freaking Shad Gaspard. Because he is the body double of the actor Terry Crews. And Terry Crews to me, I'm, first of all, who doesn't love Terry Crews, right? But what he represented to me up until then was that movie Idiocracy. If you guys know that movie, I'm not sure. And then in Idiocracy, um, that movie, first of all, I'm like, dude, totally like on point with how the world's going right but what really um made me super 
connected to that is back in the day, I was up for a role in that movie. And they ended up giving it to Sarah Rue. And I remember I got really far in the casting process to where they told me it was between me and a more known actress that had done a lot more than I had done. And that was her. So to me, that movie's interesting because there's a lot that they, I don't know if they didn't film it and they just scrapped it all together or if they filmed it and they just, it didn't make it into the movie. But because I read the script from front to begin, you know, end, I just like resonated with it. And so I'm like, freaking Shaz, are you freaking kidding me? And I just remember he got this big old smile when he saw me and he was like, you know, when you do extra work, you're not really supposed to be talking to the main actors. You're not supposed to definitely be hanging out with them. He didn't care. He was like, come here, who cares? And da, 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 you're so cute. And he made sure that we were like, when it was the crowd scene, we were like up front. You know what I mean? Like, like so crazy to me when like, okay, on Sunday. So, here I am on Sunday, and on Sundays I have a live stream with my OnlyFans, and it's not until 8 o'clock at night. So during the day, I was just, like, looking at it as, oh, I have the day off, and I just have to work tonight, right? So here and there, when I flipped through the channels, I kept seeing on the news that there was this, like, you know, missing father. So... It stood out to me because it just sounded weird that there was this missing father, you know, but whatever. So on Monday, when I was doing my morning routine, I do one of two things. I either put on the news and start my routine, or I put on my favorite morning show, which is on the station, KLOS, um, Frosty, Heidi, and Frank. So on Monday, I was like, man, I really want to listen to uh, Frosty, Heidi, and Frank, but... I want to see if there's, like, what's going on. Like, what's what's the news putting out there? So when I put it on and then I started doing my thing, and then that's when I heard his name being mentioned in the background. And I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? And so I rewound the TV, and I was like, wait, he's the father that they've been talking about? And I'm going to tell you guys something. It really effed me up, man. Like, One of my fears in life is drowning. I just kept putting myself in his position and his son's position. And another thing is, it's like, I've been with my boyfriend, Metal Jesus, for four and a half years. When we first got together, he got in a car accident because he passed out at the will. And they ended up finding, when they were trying to figure out why he passed out, a cyst in his brain and they never came to a conclusion of why it happened how it happened and nothing they were just like oh if you want to you could take this medication that has all these side effects so he doesn't they just like whatever so I also have an anxiety about losing my partner So then I kept thinking about his wife. And it really 
really messed with me. And it continues to. And there's a lot of things that triggers for me, I'm sure, as well as a lot of other um, wrestlers out there that have worked with him or friends with him. And probably, you know, even the fans, you know, people who maybe never even met him, but like, it's, you guys are affected by this. And it's like, super, super sad. Um, I just can't stop thinking about what Shad must have been going through um, in those moments. And until I had my live stream yesterday with my Shelly TV viewers, watchers rather, um, I didn't really talk about it because, you know, I was home by myself all day. I was just really absorbing it. I mean, I was texting with my homegirl, Jen Thomas, about it and everything, but I didn't, like, say words out loud. It was just, like, text and I think I was really just processing it. And to be honest with you, like, I was a little messed up over the weekend because, you know, it was Ashley Mazzaro's year anniversary of her passing. So I was already in a very, I'm thinking about death, trying not to have death anxiety thoughts. And then, like, such a tragedy, you know, such a, terrible like thing to happen man and it just doesn't seem real but then like it is and I just know how it's affecting me so I can't imagine those that are close to him specifically his son and his wife I just can't like something that I can do is Remember my up and down relationship with him and how cool it was that, like, because we talked about it, he was able to see where my pain was coming from. Felt so bad because that wasn't his intent. His intent was to pop the boy. And I get it. Doesn't make it right, but I get it. And we were super young, like, you know, but it just makes me think about, like, different people in my life, especially from the wrestling world that have done hurtful things to me, and I struggle with it because I know it's not like, like, there's douchebags, and that's unisex, guy or girl, that have really screwed me over, and that's, like, different. Shad didn't screw me over. He just did something that hurt my feelings, and he just didn't realize how what extent that was. I feel that there's a lot of people that I have, quote-unquote, issues with, or they have issues with me, that that's the case. It wasn't that there were these mean, vindictive, nasty people. It's just that at that time, That's just like whether they took me wrong or I took them wrong. It's like, you know, and 
through all this, that also has brought me some peace with some of the, like, things that maybe I struggle. Like, I've gotten so much better, but, like, I struggle here and there from with, like, being hurt by people or having guilt that I may have hurt some people. And who Shad is to me is somebody who shows me not everyone's out to get people. And, you know, a lot of times people get on me in wrestling because I confront people or I say something and not even like a F you kind of way, but kind of like how Shad did. And I'm looked at as like a problem or people get upset. I could have got upset with Shad when he said it. I could just like whatever and blew him off. But we did have a friendship before that situation happened and we were really cool. Like he said, and I didn't want, if he was willing to like talk about it, I didn't want to have to like, lose that you know what I mean so whether you're in the wrestling business or you're just a normie (laughs) I'm pretty sure you can probably relate to something like that so I hope that story helps you in some way shape or form and you know what damn it let's go over here we're gonna we're gonna get I have vodka we're gonna get another shot out here and we're going to pour it for Shad because that's just what's up. In life, we should honor people, especially people that help us understand things or situations that we didn't. And I think that's really beautiful. Like, that's the best gift you can give somebody and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? All right. Cheers to Shad. May God be with his soul, his wife, his son, his friends, his fans, everybody that has been affected by this terrible, terrible situation. Cheers. All right. Well, I'm going to take a little break. Got some calls on hold. And then I'll be getting to their calls. And then we're going to wrap it on up. Thank you guys for joining me. I hope you guys have been having a good time. Sorry for all my little glitches and such. But, um, you know, it is what it is. All right. I'll be right back. It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws. And you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, we've got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. Archived free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation.
All right, welcome back. And now we're going to be doing my five-minute shout-out, even though I'm a little bit over anyways. And away we go. We have area code 479. You are on Shelly Live. Hi, Shelly. My name is Lori Burt, but I'm a huge wrestling fan, and I listen to Brady Hicks and Papa Stroh and Wrestling With History with Bruce Wirt and Ken Resnick every week. But I have a gimmick name that I want to share with you. They call me Granny Holkster because I holler at all the bad guys at the wrestling shows that I go to. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me on Shelly Live this week, the debut. I hope you like the show. Loved it. I heard about you were going to start your podcast back up, and I told Brady and Papa Stro last week when I was in the room. I said I'm going to have to call in and listen to her show, you know, because I love and I I, I love the stories that you were sharing back when you were, because I remember when you were back in the WWE back, you know, when you were Ariel. I remember that, and I mean. I've met people like Mickey James. I mean, I've met so many famous wrestlers over the years. I just, I, I love being the fan. But my original granny shirt that I have, because I've had this name for probably about 25 years. I'm 57 years old. And my shirt says, what you going to do when Granny Holster goes crazy on you? <laughs> I applaud that. I applaud that through and through. <laughs> I've had dinner with people like... Um, Tommy Dreamer, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I mean, you know, I I even got to wear Robert Gibson's WWE Hall of Fame ring last year when him and Ricky were in Arkansas at an autograph signing. Robert put his ring, his WWE Hall of Fame ring, on my finger for the picture. So are you, um, like, somebody who likes to make sure to always go to the like maybe WrestleCon or WrestleCade, these like yearly big uh, conventions? It's, it's, I've never been to any of those. I would like to. I mean, at some point in time, I would love to. I've been to one WWE show in my whole entire life, but I love the independent shows because there was an organization that ran in Arkansas called Traditional Championship Wrestling that ran for about, oh, I know, probably five or six years, and they quit running in 2013. But they would do TV tapings, and they still show the old TV tapings down in the Little Rock area on TV. And Tommy Dreamer, it was the last show that they did, he used my cane on Matt Riviera during the match (laughs) because I had to have a – I ended up – I've had both of my knees replaced, and at the time I hadn't had my first one yet. So he used my cane during the match. And, I mean, they always – they had me always setting in the center row, in the center, on the front row, facing the camera because the, the wrestlers would always come interact with me, especially the bad guys, because I can talk some pretty good smack to the heels <laughs> when I have to. I so. love it. Well, thank you for so much for calling it. I'm glad that – no offense, fellas, but being the uh, female that I am, I love that my first call was from another woman. <laughs> well, and I'll probably be calling back in and, you know, just listening again to you because I really enjoyed your stories. I enjoyed how you shared everything, and I love when you talked about your fur babies because I have two dogs myself, and I, I love my fur babies. So, And my son has a little dog. 
him from the shelter back in 2011. My son has bipolar disorder. He was diagnosed with it when he was 11 years old, and he's 33 now, and he lives in the same town that I live in in Arkansas. And when he got his little dog from the shelter, he was a Chihuahua mix. And I said, well, what are you going to name him? And my son and my husband, we all love wrestling. And he named his little dog Mysterio after Ray Mysterio. Oh, that's cute. I love it. Well, thank so, you once it, again for calling in. It was great in. talking to you. I know you have other callers, but it was great talking to you, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Yes, please. I would love to hear from you again. Thank you. Um, all right. And up next we have caller from 804. You are on Shelly Live. Hey, this is Steven. I'm a regular caller on WCW Retro on VSC, and uh, really glad that you're back on VSC. And um, wanted to mention I, I do enjoy the uh, Shelly Selfies content you put out, and the uh, I've been talking to, uh, I've been watching Gang Girls uh, GWA Facebook Lives, and I want I did ask him about you and mentioned your return to uh, podcasting and. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on Gangrel, and I really enjoyed the uh, Brood ECW uh, possible storyline that could have been before he got released. I know. Imagine. Okay, here's the thing. Okay. It is what it is. It wasn't meant, but it's fun to play what if. And I just think it's so cool because – I was always a WWF girl, like, through and through. And I would watch WCW, like, here and there. Like, I wasn't really into it as much as I was. I was just Attitude Era, WWF, hardcore, right? So when, like, Gangrel, and he had his whole vibe, the first time I ever saw him, and it was that song that he would come out to, and it was like, it wasn't even like, cool, calm, collected. <laughs> and then like the fire, like it was so cool. So when, um, you know, they told me that this was going to happen, I thought, dude, they're going to go old school and they're going to like probably let us do that. And instead of it being, like, what was it, Christian and Edge, it's going to be, like, me and these two dudes. Like, this is freaking awesome. And I would picture it, and I was so all about it. And that's why my little vampire heart was crushed because, um, Stephen, I don't know if you know this, but the first time I became a vampire was back in the 80s when I watched Lost Boys for the first time. That's when I got bit. So, I've been obsessed with vampires my whole freaking life. My sister, Danielle, she's talked on our podcast. We have one called The Wake and Bake Morning Show. And she's talked about how, um, (laughs) okay, so I know this sounds probably now because I'm talking about it sexy, but at the time I wasn't trying to be sexy because I was, like, young. But what I would do is I would pretend I was dead. And I would try to convince her because we're nine years apart. So, like, there's a good age gap. So I would pretend I was dead. And I remember I'd always put on this black G-string. <laughs> and I would put a knife in it. And I would, like, chase my sister around. I know that sounds terrible. But, like, I just <laughs> was this vampire. So when I thought we were going to be this thing, because that, it wasn't like I was wishing it. They told me this was going to happen. I just really couldn't help but, like, 
picture how I would go into it, how the interactions would be. Um, if I'm going to be completely transparent here, because that's what I do, um, I just want to say this disclaimer real quick. I'm in the business of helping people, not hurting people. So if I answer somebody's question and it seems like I'm being rough or negative, that's not my intent. You asked. So I don't know what to think about Gangrel because, to be honest with you, I was cool with him. And then um, I felt like kind of out of nowhere, long story short, he was real short with me and weird with me, and I would continue to call him out on it. I'd be like, not in a mean way, like, F you. I'd just be like, dude, like, what's the problem? And he kept telling me there was no problem. And then one time he even told me, God bless him, he was like, you know, I get a little nervous around you sometimes. And I get that. I make people nervous. Like, I totally understand that. I try not to, but, like, I don't know. So, like, to be honest with you, I still to this day feel that he has, like, he he doesn't like me. And I don't, I'm not sure why, because there was a time, kind of like with my Shad Gaspard story, there was a time that, like, things were cool and then, like, I'm not sure what really happened. I just feel like out of nowhere, he just like decided he didn't like me. And then we did a show where I was his manager, uh, Freak Show Wrestling, Sim Bodhi. He um, had a Freak Show Wrestling. And uh, we worked together a couple times. And if you watch those matches, you see me trying to play up to him like I would with like Kevin Thorne. And he just has no part of it. He does not, he does not want any part of me. So, I'm not sure why. And like I said, I've asked him, and this is not to put him on blast or anything, but you asked, like, I don't know how to feel. And if you brought me up to him in this pot, I'm sure he was like, whatever that thing is got triggered because I'm not sure what it is. So, like, <laughs> hey, gang girl, if you want to talk about it privately, we don't even have to be on record. I am so down because, like, I don't know what happened. And I know I, I have been very straightforward with him and I don't know if maybe that's the thing because sometimes like I call myself Shelly Blensky sometimes Stephen where I'm just like <laughs> I gotta be blunt I can't sugarcoat it you know what I'm saying <laughs> so it's like okay and he's had Shelly Blensky and so maybe that's it I'm not sure but yeah he um he did say you're cool but didn't always see eye to eye so I could I could totally get what you're saying um <laughs> Okay, so what's that eye to eye? I don't understand because I asked him, what's wrong? What's the problem? Nothing, nothing, nothing. So what's the we don't see eye to eye on, gang girl? What is it? Because right. <laughs> here's the thing, Stephen, because gang girl and I could have made a lot of money together. But right. that didn't happen because of whatever the issue is. And I'm not sure because we, I actually did a show with him in Germany. Um, and half of that show, like, or excuse me, not the show, the trip, half of the trip, everything was fine to where I brought things up to him and he really confided in me when we were in this, um, whenever I would go to Germany, they had this, um, it was a really small town. I can't even pronounce the name right, but, uh, they would always have us in the same hotel. And the hotel, I love it. It's really homey feeling, whatever. And they had this super cute bar that's, like, there. And I remember I was just, like, throwing back the drinks. Like, I love absinthe, and I was throwing back the absinthe. And we, <laughs> he and I had such a cool conversation, dude. Like, I felt that 
I understood him more. I felt like perhaps he understood me more. And I really thought we were, like, getting somewhere there. You know what I'm saying? And then the second half of the trip wasn't so good. And I'm not quite sure that went that went why that went that way. And it was so weird. And I'm not going to get into the details because I'm not trying to be all, like, gossipy. Right. But it was so weird that I'm friends with those. German people to this day we joke about it and the things that happened because it was so unnecessary and weird and I don't understand it however it's fine Gangrel has every right to dislike me if he doesn't like or maybe it's not even a dislike maybe I just rub him wrong and that's fine that, that happens in life I'm fine with it but it did break my vampire heart here and there because it's like that Germany trip, I really thought I connected with him, and I do feel I did. But I thought that like it was the be- it was the beginning of a beautiful friendship, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, and like it just wasn't. And like, damn it, we could have made so much money, and he wouldn't even have right. to take but one bump, not one bump. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dang it! Come on, man. But you know what? It wasn't it wasn't meant, and that's fine. But yeah, that's that's what's up. Um, thank you so much. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that you mentioned Jimmy Yang being possibly in that ECW brood type group. And uh, um, if you need to move on, I understand. I really appreciated your uh, time uh, talking to us. And hopefully, yeah. I'll call and that. write me DM me on the uh, Shelly selfies. Awesome. All right. Talk to you later. Adios. All right. We got a couple more calls. We have 702. What's up with you? Hi, Shelly. This is Malcolm Wildman. I met you at ToyCon in San Jose. I think it was 2008. Um, I'm known for doing the Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage impressions. Lord, if I had taken it over that. Uh, And I met, I think I met you at Wrestle Reunion 2011 when I met Mike Tyson and a bunch of wrestlers then. Um, oh, my God. But, was that uh, in L.A.? Yeah, that was in LA Los one? Angeles. It was at the Westin Hotel. Yeah, I haven't heard from you since then, but I remember I was holding up my Batman poster, 66, uh, the toy, uh, toy show in San Jose. It was March 2008, and you signed a picture for me, and we were talking about you being in TNA uh, with LAX and K Dog and Homicide and Hernandez, and I'm not sure, but I think I even met you at TNA Fan Interaction, and in, it was no uh, October 17th on a Saturday, 2009. Were you there, or am I wrong about that? No, um, no, I wasn't there at that time. I okay. I had quit TNA in 2007. No, I'm sorry, yeah. 2008. 2008. Well, I hadn't heard from you a long time, and Brady said you were doing a brand new show, and uh, I've got something special because of this corona stuff that's going on, and people are using hand sanitizers. I'm not going to say what it is, because I'm going to do it tonight for on on the big show, um, And uh, but it has something to do with sanitizer, so I'm giving you the heads up on this. I'm going to do impressions of Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Scott Hall, 
uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, I I met David Arquette, my best friend, and he was doing a podcast with um, Steve Austin. My brother was sick in Concord, and I was calling Dave, um, you know, to see you know if he would pray for my brother. And he was doing a podcast with Steve, and I was telling Steve that my brother had a big crush on Alexa Bliss, uh, and he follows her. Or the story of her and her pig, Larry Steve. Mike loves all her animals. Mike loves animals. He's my older brother. He goes to church. And I want to tell you this, uh, Shelly, I heard about your dog. I lost a dog. I had a toy fox terrier. He was bandit. He was uh, about 10 pounds. I let this guy move in with me from the VA hospital. His name was James Christian or Fisher. And he had a mental condition. He wasn't taking his meds. I let him rent a room for me in my mobile home in Barsta. And he killed my dog, and I don't know how my dog died. So I know how you feel when you lose an animal. Oh um, so I just want you to know oh that. And as far as your boyfriends, you're a nice young lady. You're a beautiful, nice young lady. I'm 56 right now, and I know you're younger than me. And I know you're going to find somebody. So don't get down on yourself. I was listening to you. And you got to keep positive because, you know, I'm telling you, there's somebody out there for you, you know. And uh, I've talked to you before. You present yourself as a real nice young lady. You're respectful of people. You care about people. And um, I just think that you should, you know, like I told David Arquette, um, I want to go into acting, and I'm 56. People say I can't do this, and I've talked to a lot of people at these Hollywood shows I've been going to since October 2000, and I'm going to tell you what, Shelly, if I ever do a movie with, like I told Hulk Hogan I was down for the NWO reunion October 27, 2018, we were at Mango Sports Bar, and I was talking to Eric Bischoff and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, and I talked to Hogan, I said, Hey, Hulk, my confidence is up. I said, if I do a movie, I used to say, if I do a movie, I said, when I do a movie someday, because I really believe in myself, I said, can we do a, a movie together? And Hulk goes, you got it, brother, just like that. That just pumped me up. <laughs> I met people from England, from, you know, from Australia, from Germany. Uh, they were waiting to meet Hulk Hogan. It was this beach shop there on the Industrial Drive, and it's like a block up from Mango Sports Bar. And Jimmy Hart was the MC, and he was interviewing me. And I'll tell you what, Shelly, I'm really proud of what I did. I was at Fort Benning in July of 93. I had a heat stroke on the rifle range, almost died two times on the operating table. The doctor was going to call my mom and my brother, but I was in a coma for five days. I couldn't train till October. And Specialist Mayhem, he was this guy waiting for his orders. He worked with Sergeant Webb in the orderly room and supply room. And Specialist Mayhem goes, that's all looked up my son, brother. And then he had me doing it. And then the guys were around my bunk in the barracks. On, we were on the third floor. And there was a guy in the shower. He goes, I heard a whole coconut out here. Where's he at? You know, and, uh, and I'm at my bunk, and the guys are like, hey, do it again. Do somebody else, you know. And there's <laughs> one guy who says, I'll bet you could only do Elizabeth, you know, Macho Man's manager. They were joking about my voice. I mean, you want to talk about a, uh, a problem. I, I, I was in high school at Vintage in 10th grade, and all the other guys' voices changed, you know, when we did physical, you know, PE or whatever they called it. 
And mine didn't. And I went through the army all my life with this voice. And, uh, you know, I learned a long time ago from my platoon sergeant, if you got a handicap, don't use it in a negative way. Use it in a positive way. So, you know, I just want you to know, Shelly, I want to tell you this right now. Look to me. You're as beautiful as Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yay. And here's the thing, two things, okay. One, I absolutely do believe in love, and that's why I've been with Metal Jesus for four and a half years. So he's my match. So it's oh, fine. Oh, good. I, I just, good. I'm yes, glad yes, you've yes, got some. You deserve it. Shall we tell Metal Match? Is that his name? Uh, no, Metal Jesus is what I call him, yeah. Metal and, Change? Um, is that it? No, Metal Jesus, like Jesus. You know, oh, Metal like, Jesus. Yeah, I'm sorry. Metal <laughs> Jesus. Well, tell Metal Jesus. Hey, you're a lucky guy, man. She's a great, she's a great person, you know. But oh, he, kno- Shelley, he knows. Don't dwell, he knows. Don't, don't dwell on yourself, you know. Past boyfriends, you know, as The Rock would say, you know, carry on with your life, you know. You know, you're a great No, person. I know, but here's the but, thing. But it's good, it's good to um, give props where props are due. And that fella I was yeah. talking about earlier, I just like, even though I'm sure he'll probably never hear this, um, I just like to give props where props are due, you know what I mean? Because he was very special Absolutely. and meaningful into my life. And you know what? Uh, you said your name is David, is that right? No, Malcolm. Malcolm Wildman. Oh, I'm sorry. Malcolmania is my nickname. Malcolmania. Yes, I remember Malcolmania. Absolutely. I remember yeah. that now. Oh, my goodness. There you go. Now you remember so it. I don't know why, now I, don't <laughs> I, know why I thought you said your name was David. Hey, but for Shelley, you and for, I want you to know this. You, I want you to know this, Okay. What? I want to, if I ever do a movie about wrestling the Hulk Hogan, and I hope I do, I want you in the movie because I think you'd make a terrific actress if you're not one yet. I know all wrestlers are actresses and they're athletes, you know, and they have two types of entertainment in them, and that's why I respect wrestlers the most. They have to work that much harder. So I want you to know that. So, and your okay. husband can well, be in the movie too. Or boyfriend or whoever and, he is, you know. <laughs> don't get ahead of Absolutely. yourself there. So um, yeah. thank you so much for calling, and um, give me a call next week. You got it. Bye, All right, Shelley. adios. All right, and up next we have caller 479. What do you want? You're talking on your dime. <laughs> well, hey, Shelly, this is Granny Holkster again. I was listening to you, and I got cut off, I guess, so I just called back in to listen to the rest of the show. Oh, so. all right. Well, well, there you have it. All right, I'll put you on mute, and uh, there, you ha- there you go. Positive vibes to you. All right, and then our last caller we have is 304. Hey, Shelly. Hi, hey, how are what's you? Up? What's your name and where are you from? This is, uh, you may have heard me of me before, this is uh, Big Time Brian. <gasps> this is Big Time Brian? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you <laughs> the one, the only, Big Time Brian. How are you today? So Big Time Brian, good. Okay, I'm just going to give the listeners a little backstory on this Big Time. Okay. So Big Time Bry, he is a part of my secret society, ShellySecretSociety.com, and he's a part of Shelly TV, ShellyTV.com, and that's where I do my live streams on Mondays at 5 and on Fridays at 5. So Big Time Bry is a great example 
kind of going with my Shad Gaspard story of confronting people with the right motives. Now, when I was promoting my secret society with very sexy images on my Instagram before Instagram Nazi'd out on me, Big Time Bri used to post on there. He would always be very supportive. But then Big Time Bri was Big Time Naughty a couple times, and I'd have it out with him yes, online. So before I go forward, why don't you tell your side of the story, Big Time? Uh, I don't know. I was just being silly and stupid, I guess, and some stuff on there. You were there being a guy. You were being a guy. Yeah, I was being guy. a guy, yeah. Some of them being silly and stupid and stuff. But then, like I said, I joined your secret society. I've been a member for probably about two years. And I love your sexy content on everything. I've been interacting with you. And we were, I Snapchatted you about every morning for, I don't know, probably a year at least. Sent you a message in the morning. So you're you're a really great person. Like I said, you know you, you're one of my favorites. You and Jillian Hall. I've met Jillian four or five times now. She's got a beautiful baby girl. And she's really happy now. She's getting ready to get married. So, but you know, you're, you and her are my two favorites. So I always like to keep in contact with both of you. I love your – the Secret Society is awesome. The Shelly TV, really great. Like I said, I, you, the live stream last night was really good. I could tell you were down with the whole Shad thing. I hope everything – like I said, I, that's a really sad, sad story right there. I tried to support you when with Ashley and all that, the sad stuff with Ethel. You're just a great person, Shelly. I love supporting you. You know this. You're the best. And I so appreciate that. And I so enjoy getting to know you more and chit-chatting with you. And what I just would really like to, I guess, highlight with this conversation is that time would be, in my opinion, sorry, was disrespectful to me online. I would reply to his comments from a genuine heart, kind of like I was talking about when Shad was like, what's the problem? Come on. That's how I yep. felt with Big Time Bray. And I started to explain to him how it just wasn't cool. And then the more I, like, took my time to talk to him about it because he was receptive of it, he wasn't just like, oh, whatever. So that happens to me too sometimes. Like there's a guy right. on my OnlyFans on my Shelly selfies and when he first signed up, he sent me a dick pic. So then I thought, okay, that's my fault because I do understand that a lot of people, guys and gals, um, use OnlyFans as like instead of having their own adults have adult content on there. Now people sometimes think because I like to wear lingerie and things like that, that I'm going to be topless or have nudity, and that's just not who I am anymore. And when this dude sent me this dick pic, I was like, shoot, okay, now I need to make that disclaimer because he didn't know because, like, whatever. So then I did that, and then he wrote me saying privately, oh, I'm sorry, I'm new to your page, I didn't know. But, and then he started talking about his penis. So then I just ignore it. Now, this fella, he's still on my OnlyFans, but it reminds me of the situation with you. Not that you were that bad. You were never like that big time. You never were like that. Not by any means. No, no. It, it reminded me of 
how cool it was that I told you that I didn't like the way you were saying things because it offended me. And then I explain, right. explained to you where I was coming from with it. And you felt bad, just like Shad. He felt bad because he wasn't trying to be like that, right? He was just being a guy. Right, yeah. Yes, yeah, just like so, I'm going up. Exactly. And so then when you realized how it affected me, I have never had that issue with you to where you have told me on different occasions you just didn't realize that and, like, you're so grateful and how cool it is. And so I kind of thought the dick pic guy was going to fall in that category. Not 1%. <laughs> He's just a wiener. He's just a wiener. But wow. um, it's so, it's, I'm just glad that um, we can share this story because um, I think people need to hear that and it's fun. And you're my last call before I log off. So I think it's only fitting that Big Time Bri was the last caller of today. Oh, yeah. It was great talking to you. Like I said, you're the best. I I love the Secret Society, the Shelly, the OnlyFans, everything. I mean, it's just so awesome to interact with you. You're such a great person. And when everything happened with Ashley and Ethel, I felt really bad. I, I tried to do the best I could to cheer you up. I mean, last night on the live stream, I could tell, you know, I was like, you know, it was but it's understandable, though, you know. You are the you are the big-time best, as I say, big-time hottest and best. Oh, God bless you, big-time Bri. God bless you. And, um, you know, for you and any other Secret Society members that are listening tomorrow, just a little reminder, I will be doing the um, May 420 Lounge uh, live stream tomorrow. So be looking forward uh, okay, to that. I- I should be able to make that because I'll be off work in time. Today I didn't feel good this morning, so I called off work Aww. this morning. I'm feeling I'm feeling better now that I'm getting to talk to you. I'm going to feel a lot better. So. Yay! Yay! I definitely yay, wanted to make a that. point to try to call. I definitely wanted to make a point to try to call on your first time on there. I was like, yes, I got to call. Well, what a big time send off, huh? <laughs> you yeah, have a good, big time a good night. <laughs> you too. <laughs> Thanks, Shelly. A good rest talk- of your night. <laughs> All right. Talk to All you right, soon. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me for the first ever Shelly Live here on VOCNation.com. I'll be back here, same bat time, same bat channel, 3 p.m. Pacific time live. And for my Shelly TV watchers, I will be posting some exclusive video of some of this. And um, you know what? Damn it, the Secret Society gets it too. So there you have it. Um, if you want to follow me, go to Shelly from Cali on Twitter. Um, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Shelly Martinez channel. I'm going to be having a new video up tomorrow and on Thursday. And if you don't want to go to all these damn links and whatnot, just go to ShellyMartinez.net, you know. And for those of you who uh, just love my sexy photos, hey, check out OnlyFans.com forward slash Shelly's Selfies. And until next week, I am Shelly from Kelly. And guess what? I'll be smelling you later. Adios.